in a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's March 24th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 33 of the Knit One Geek 2 podcast. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from a darkened room. With sunglasses. Under a blanket. With water. And coffee. And stuff. Yeah, this is this is the hangover week, because oh god, it has been a week. Oh dear god, yes. <laughs> this week hurt on many, many... Anyway, so if you're joining us, you made it through St. Patrick's Day, good for you. Moving into <laughs> adventures in knitting, because, you know, our heads hurt. I'll start this time. Okay, so I have been working on a lot of the same things I was working on last week. <laughs> Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, The Hundred Acre Wood Socks by Alice Yu from the Soctopus book, which I'm doing an Indigo Moon yarn in the cedar colorway. And I'm at the point where I'm doing the gusset increases on the foot. I'm almost at the heel. It's just been going kind of slowly. Because, oh God, this has been a week. (laughs) Basically, I worked Tuesday to Sunday last week and then had Monday off and then Tuesday to Thursday this week. And by Wednesday, Thursday, I was like, oh dear God, I cannot wait until Friday and I can sleep in. Wednesday was not a good day. But more on that in a minute. Yeah. And then today, now that I have had a chance to rest after the week, I got out some yarn that I got when I was in Kentucky last year. Yay, Kentucky! Done roving yarns, the frolicking feet yarn. And I have it in the Southwest Gem colorway, which is a brilliant, deep, turquoisey, tealy blue. That is a, that is jewel quality color. Oh, yes. With black sprinkled through it. That is the 80s you are holding in your hand. Yeah. Well, they did have the, the bright pink. And black. Which I was kind of, I kind of thought of, but then I was like, um, ow. No, my, my eyes kind of hurt just looking at it. I had better not. Plus, I was being called more to this anyway, because it is so my colors, considering. It is a similar, not quite as bright color as my shirt. Matches Maggie's shirt. Yes, and I am wearing a patriotic shirt of my country of origin, which would be the Bahamas, with the turquoise, black, and yellow. Yellow. <laughs> yellow yay, 80s colors. But yeah, so mine is that blue and it's it's quite pretty and today i just did i called it a swatch toe uh-huh because i wasn't entirely sure what this yarn wanted to be because i wasn't sure how the the black and the blue would pattern together so i was like oh i'll just do a toe and then a few rows at the end of the toe once it's big enough as i think it's kind of like an incantation as you're knitting you say show me what you want to be tell me <laughs> tell me your secrets tell me your secrets yarn no as as a state snape Reveal your secrets to me. But yeah, so I just did that just to see how it would pattern itself and stuff. So then I could decide, okay, what pattern do I want to do? What type of item do I want to do? And this one I think wants to be sort of shawl-ish. So I pulled the toe out Okay. on my way here so I could cast on something in some yarn I dyed a long time ago. I posted on the stash down thread that, or I can't remember if I posted on the stash down thread actually. I think it was, I know I posted on Twitter. I basically had a couple projects where, like, I had started a pair of socks in a yarn and they just really weren't working. And so at the time, I had just yanked them off the needles and stuffed them back in my stash without even pulling them out. And this now I actually got around to pulling them out, winding the ball back into a hank and washing the hank so okay. that it could get all the little kinks out. But I did that just so I can, I don't know, I want to do fairly simple, like, slip stitch sort of socks or uh-huh. something. This is pink and turquoise and white. 
It and looks like purple, there might be some purple in there. Yeah, purple where the pink and the turquoise have overlapped. I was trying to think of something to call the colorway earlier, and I think I came up with something like cotton candy and tilt-a-whirls do not mix. It, it looks like it fits, too. Or, you know, cotton candy vomit or something like that. But I kind of want to use the Southwest gem, or at least one of my yarns that I got in Kentucky. Uh-huh. Because the one really good part of new, point of news this week was that... I am going to be going back to Kentucky in May. Ah! And I'm going to be going the weekend of the Kentucky Sheep and Fiber Festival. So Karen will be representing. Yep, I will represent, yo. I'll be, I'll be wearing the t-shirt and I'll okay. probably have stickers and I'll, you know, mention all that stuff later. Awesome. But I will definitely be there if anybody is else is going to be there. And this was the bright point of my week. Yeah. Because I found this out, especially too, because I'm going to visit the two friends that are there and then another mutual friend of ours who lives in the Baltimore area has been uh-huh. able to get time off. So she's going to be coming down that weekend. So four of us are going to be getting together and there will be wackiness and craziness and it's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, this was the... The one bright spot of news, especially on Wednesday. Because Wednesday was one of those days where absolutely nothing was going right. I was telling Maggie about it earlier, and it was just like, every little thing I did, there was something where the universe was trying to screw me. Or I was so tired, I was screwing things up, and it was not going well. And then I happened to look at my planner, because we got our schedules up until April 14th, and something twigged in the back of my mind, and I counted forward in the weeks, and I am actually working the weekend of the Knitter's Frolic. I don't know how I missed this. I know I have checked this like three times to make sure that like I wasn't working that week. I wasn't supposed to be working that weekend, that it was supposed to be my Saturday off. Right. So that I wouldn't have to ask for it off. Right. And somehow I missed this. I don't know if I was looking at the wrong weekend or if I just made a mistake when I was counting back and forth. But I am working that Saturday and I had just asked for Victoria Day weekend off. And we had just gotten the schedules up to the 14th. So I know my boss has temporary schedules for those. So it's kind of of late to ask for that Saturday off. So I'm not going to be at the Knitter's Frolic this year. And this is why Kentucky is a good thing. Yes, an extra good thing. This is why I'm clinging to the thought. I, I keep telling myself in my head, it's money that you can then, you know, put towards Kentucky and you're going to Kentucky instead. And it, you, it'll be all sorts of new like dyers and things that you don't see at the frolic. I keep thinking of this, the Adam Ferreira joke, clutching a bottle of bourbon going, that's warm in Kentucky. Yeah, there, there might be bourbon involved on that day of work because like, oh, if we have any listeners that are in Kentucky, Please make Karen happy. <laughs> yes, please send me comfort. Because like the thing is, I, I keep telling myself now, and I seriously, when I actually figured this out, I was seriously, like, very close to tears. Because this was at the end of my shift on the day where nothing was going right. Yeah, it was just the and icing so on the cake. Like, it was like the epic icing on the cake. It was the icing, the that sprinkles, made, and the yeah, cherry. It would have made my day completely suck any other day, but that day it was like, excuse me while I jab my own juggler open with my fountain pen. Yeah, so I'm not going to be at the Knitter's Frolic. And that's it's going to suck, too, because I'm going to be... It's not just like, oh, crap, I got sick, I can't go, or something like that. Or it's like, oh, I have to go somewhere else, which is sort of okay. I have to be at work. I'm going to be at work. <laughs> I could bring stuff back for you. I know. It's not as fun. It's not the same. I don't get to see people. I know. And I immediately tweeted, like, oh, my God, what the heck? Wow, did I miss this? And 
Glenna tweeted back. She's like, oh, I was looking forward to seeing you guys. And I'm like, well, you'll see Maggie. Sad face, sad face, sad face. I'm sorry. So you're going to have to represent. Oh, boy, I have to do this all by myself. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll give you the stickers and yeah. stuff. Give me the stickers. <laughs> so that you can represent our side. I now need a brown coat with the with the Knit One Geek 2 logo on the back. Oh my god, I want one. <laughs> Holy shit, that'd be awesome. That would be so amazingly awesome. Or a Sherlock coat. So now I have to get transfers somehow. No, we can just wear the t-shirts. Okay. Plus, it, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want, you know, if you had a really nice brown coat, like the Firefly ones, I don't know if I'd want to slap a logo on the back. Plus, if we wear coats, then you can't see our names on the back of our t-shirts. Okay, so you have points with all of these. <laughs> also, it's usually too warm for a coat. Yes, but it doesn't stop it from looking cool. No, but and doesn't stop anyone else from wearing, like, lace shawls and all their knitwear. Yeah. But yes, so that was... Oh, and the only other thing I've worked on this week is, like, a few hexapuffs for the beekeeper's quilt. But yay, progress on the bee- beekeeper's hexapuffs. Yeah, small progress. Progress all the same. <laughs> tiny, tiny little Are day. you kidding me? Look at what's sitting behind me. Yes, your big quilt. Yeah, the big quilt that I'm supposed to be stitching every night. And haven't. <laughs> I have been working on it, but every night is not entering into this vocabulary. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much me for this week. The highs and lows of oh. the hangover week. I'm going to miss you guys. You're going to have to go with like a little picture of me on a stick. Don't so tempt me, be, because I can so do can, that. You can hold us be, hold me up behind someone's shoulder so it looks like I'm standing behind them Don't tempt me, I can do that. <laughs> I can get that printed. Okay, so for me... I was originally going to say, by the way, everybody, this is the synopsis of what I knit this week. Meep! That's about it. However, the meep does include the finishing off of Cadence. I have not grafted the toe, so I technically have six stitches live still on the needles. But... Stick, six stitches on each side? Or well, six yeah. Stitches six stitches um, top and bottom. But... That is pretty. That is a very pretty sock. That's amazing. I'm still blown away that this is free. This is a free pattern. Yeah, that is an amazing pattern. Cadence done in Volmice. This is my first Volmice experience. And it is not hard. It looks like cables. They're not cables. They're faux cables. Done by lots of increases and decreases. Basically, if you can knit, purl, slip, slip, knit, and K2Tog, you've got this done. You can do it. If you know the difference between a K2Tog and a slip-slip knit, you've got this done. And if you don't, this is a good way to learn. Yeah, this is a good way to learn. So one of the reasons why I didn't get a lot of knitting done, you could probably hear in my voice, I sound somewhat like a nasally amphibian. Ribbit, ribbit. Tuesday night going into Wednesday, I had the, what I call the fever of four blankets. Oh, dear. Four blankets and flannel pajamas was what it took to make me comfortable. That's a fever. Especially considering it was like 20 degrees outside. That is, I mean, yeah, I woke up on Wednesday to see my husband standing over me saying, you're not going to work today. You don't have a choice. You're not going. I've already told, <laughs> I've already told. At which point I just sort of mumbled something very low on the evolutionary scale. And then went back into your nice warm coma. And then went back into my coma. And the next thing I knew, he was shaking me again to tell me that it was noon and I needed to try and eat something. I have not been able to taste food. I've been eating. I've been a good girl. I've not been able to taste food up until this evening. It is a sin to have, like, panda chocolate in front of you. Like, fresh baked yeah. chocolate croissants in front of you and not be able to taste chocolate. I tried it. I, I seriously did. I'm like, this has got to break. This has got to totally break this mindset or psychosomatic, whatever hell I'm going through. But nope, bit into it. Could not taste a thing. I was jumping through cardboard or air. It was wrong. And it, and yeah, we've had, we've had summer here in Ontario. 
for the past week. My little boy's started getting a sunburn around his neck. Stuff has been launching out of the ground, and all of the stores have all the flowers out. I literally stuck my nose into Stephanotis and Hyacinths. Could not smell them. This is just wrong. Wrong so many levels. And tomorrow's my birthday, so the husband wants to take me out for a birthday dinner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I might not be able to taste it. Yeah. So we're going to take stock of where my capacity is Yeah. tomorrow morning. Where your taste buds and yeah. you know, nasal congestion are. Bollocks. So that was part of my issue. There was more family stuff that I'm not going to go into here, but... It was a sucky week. Yeah, it was a mega sucky week. So, however, recently... A new project has come over the horizon, so I'm thinking of going a threesome with my two lover boy socks. Because if you remember, my socks are my lover boy socks because I go from one to the other to keep from getting bored. So I might develop a threesome here because lady that I know is having a baby. We know it is a girl. And hey, it's a new kind of knitting I haven't done for a while. So I thought, hey, I might be doing some baby knitting because, because I can. So I'm thinking of either a baby blanket because I know how actually useful they are. And, you know, it's pretty zen knitting. Once you get a pattern down, and you just go and go for... And you don't have to go forever. You just go for a short length of time. Or a little baby sweater or jacket. And you had mentioned, because we know that the nursery is going to be done in ladybugs... Yeah. But not in black and red, in pink and black. And that would be cute as a color scheme in a, in a little girl cardigan. That would be really cute, especially if it was like a bright pink. And not like really stereotypically baby. Yeah, so something that has a little bit of Coco Chanel into it. Trendy baby. Fifth Avenue baby. Classy baby. Haute couture baby. Breakfast bottle at Tiffany's baby. Alright, we could take this joke and, you know, just stumble all over it. So there we go, that's sort of my week. There's been one upswing, and you'll hear about that in a little bit. Well, considering that little positive moment is in our geek squee, yep. why don't you share it? I has an iPad! Yay! OMG! Yes, this is an early birthday gift that I was given as a response to the week of total hangover badness suck. And no, actually, I did not have a hangover. It's just that this week has actually sucked. My husband and my immediate family pulled a little bit of resources to get me a, one of the new iPads. Not called the iPad 3 or whatever, whatever. They say they're called the new iPad, which I think is kind of ridiculous. So I can't really tell you personally how it compares to the old iPads because I haven't had any before. However... Somebody who is very versed with the iPads stopped by my office to see it, to play with it, and he was all Google-eyed, everything over it. From that, I assume it was good. Me, myself, I am realizing that I'm opening up my day planner less and less, and I'm opening up the iPad more and more. I have found the crack that is Instagram. Oh, dear. (laughs) Come on, Pinterest and Facebook are gateway drugs in themselves. And after I finish a certain freelance project, I'm going to reward myself with Sketchbook Pro so that I can learn to do more digital illustrations. Because I can do the vector illustrations in Adobe Illustrator, and I love doing traditional illustrations, but I do not... I'm not very familiar doing the digital illustrations. I would really like to give that a try, and that would be sort of like my gateway into that. So if anybody has used Sketchbook Pro for the iPad, 
let me know what you think. And I suppose as I move along with this, the iPad and I having this relationship learning to talk to each other, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll let you know how it's going. Or if, you know, one day I'm not talking to it and I go back to my, my day planner that I actually write in. The old school day. Yeah, old school. Writing with pens. Oh my god. Hey, don't get me wrong. I still carry around my moleskin with me everywhere. Never gonna get rid of that. You're talking to me who has, like, what, three notebooks? For I know, I know, I know. At all times? And fountain pens? Yes, I am. I am very happy with the iPad, but I'm not getting rid of some forms of creativity. And my moleskin is one of them. So moving on, probably the biggest geeky news of this weekend, of course, the Hunger Games movie came out yesterday. Well, technically midnight on Thursday. True. For a lot of people. Yep. And actually, even just in the short amount of time it has been out, according to Gawker, the Hunger Games had the biggest opening day of any non-sequel movie. So... It hasn't beaten Harry Potter. But yeah, it had the biggest opening day of any non-sequel. So bigger than Fellowship of the Ring, bigger than Batman Begins. And actually they said, for those Hunger Games fans who, who really want to beat Twilight. Yeah, don't worry. Who are not fans of Twilight. Um, they mentioned that it's on track to beat Twilight New Moon's opening weekend. Wow. It wouldn't be the highest opening weekend again, but it would beat Twilight. <laughs> Apparently just in the first day of its release, it earned $68.3 million. That's a really damn. good opening weekend for yeah. a lot of movies. Yeah, that's a pretty damn good weekend. <laughs> that's pretty insane. I have not seen the movie. Maggie has not seen the movie. I, I'm not planning on seeing it. I know this is some kind of geek sacrilege, but... No, everybody has their personality <laughs> comfort zones. Yeah, and dystopian fiction is not one of mine. I think I do plan on reading the books first. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it now, obviously, while there's a craze on. And especially because I don't get, I don't have a lot of time. So my book list is really long. Oh god, yes. So I get to it when I get to it. But I do plan on reading the books before seeing the movie. By the time I finish the books, the movie will be released for home viewing. And I think this way I will see it when my comfort zone is ready. I have done a bit of a cheat, and like I've told you before, I don't care about spoilers. I have gone and looked at the basic plot line of this of the first book. I haven't got any I'm spoilers, not, so I'm not going to yeah. say anything. Yeah, I figured you wouldn't you don't want to spoil our audience. No, either. we're not going to spoil the audience. I'm just saying that for myself, I've gone to look at the basic outline of the first book to yeah. see how comfortable I think I would be with it. I think I would be all right with it. It's just that right now is not a good time for me. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the sort of thing I would have to be really in the mood. And I do want to read them at some point. Uh, it's not going to be anytime soon because the library has, I think, like 60, 70 holds on the books right now. As is, you know, as seems to surprise a lot of adults that come in. <laughs> For their teenagers looking for it, act all shocked. It's like, dude, I don't think we've had these books on our shelves since they came out. I think it's just been like solid hold list for the last year, year and a half. And of course, now that the movie's coming out, yes, they are going to be checked out. But yeah, so I'd have to borrow them from somebody else. And like I said, I'll just have to be in this, in the, I'll have to be in the right mood for it. And I'll have to have time to read, because I have not had a hell of a lot of time to read. There's the always that weeks. problem. Yeah. It's been sort of like whatever I can grab during lunches. And as for what teenagers are doing in the real world... Believe it or not, a 14-year-old created a fusion reactor in his parents' 
garage. This is not a clip from Real Genius. Not a flashback from no. Big Bang Theory. No. The guy's now 17 years old. His name is Taylor Wilson. When he was 14, he created a nuclear reactor. He is now... In Gitmo. No. <laughs> no. He now tours and talks about how he believes kids can impact the world. His specialty, obviously are the sciences. Oh, yes. And he cites making the reactor when he was 14 years old. His message, basically, is to dream big. Find something that you are really good at, something that is your particular power, niche, whatever, and use that to change the world. Which I think is pretty damn cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. You don't have to be the science whiz. You don't have to be the math whiz. You don't have to be the most popular, beautiful, whatever. You need to find what you do best and go with it. And I think that's a great message for the youth to be having. Yeah. Considering how much media is cinching and pulling and plastic surgering, that's not a word, I don't care, is affecting youth these yeah. days. Hell, it's still affecting me. What am I talking about? <laughs> and in other, another neat thing I found where teens are doing something awesome, there's a group of high school students from the Bay Area in California that are making a homemade flight simulator depicting the cockpit of a Viper from Battlestar Galactica. Okay, now that I've heard that again, now I get it in my head, that is cool. They've started a Kickstarter campaign, and what they're doing is they're... I'm re reading directly from some of the materials they provided as quoted by io9.com. It says, The basic idea is to mount the fuselage of a small plane, a Piper PA-28, on a motion control platform that is capable of 360-degree rotation on both the pitch and roll axes. The design allows for considerably more motion around the pitch axis than commercial entertainment systems such as those found at the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Dude! And then they found the Piper fuselage in an airplane scrapyard and then cut it to fit the frame. Installed a racing seat with six-point harness, and, you know, they've had stuff that they've had sent to a professional welder, like steel to professional welder, to construct the frame for it. And I guess what they're going to do is, well, obviously, it's going to be, like, a full... Viper from the inside. Yeah. It's going to be, like, basically, it'll be like, you know, a motion ride. Wow. Where, like, you sit in it, and I'm assuming it's going to have, like, a heads-up display around the windows of the fuselage that will show you, you know, the, the Cylon ships coming in, and, and as you move the controls, it will, like, pitch... Yeah. ...or roll, like, some side-to-side -side or up and down... With whatever you do. And that combination of what you see and what your inner ear feels yeah. is going to make it really real. It's going to make it feel like you are actually at the controls of a Viper. That sounds so awesome. That sounds like a lot of people lining up to, to, to actually drive. I want one. You want one. <laughs> that would be amazing. And actually, I just remembered, I was I just scrolled down, and I happened to look at this discussion for this on io9, and someone was saying something about, I don't know why they're starting with a Piper fuselage, it'd be simpler to start from scratch, yada yada, and as one person else, as one person replied, they said, they just have to change one letter, right? Piper to Viper. <laughs> and then someone else mentioned something that, you know, safety issues with having to engineer the frame or whatever, it's probably easier for them to take an existing cockpit. Is that the guy you were talking about? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this sounds awesome. There's actually, they don't have the photo on 
io9 but it was on there's an image in their video and actually the in the article i saw they compared this picture of the kids with a picture from Battlestar Galactica, and they're sort of posed in the same area. So there's, like, someone who's wearing, like, a Viper pilot flight suit. Yeah. Other people are wearing the, like, the mechanics orange jumpsuits. Oh, God. Or they're wearing sort of ones that look more like the officers' suits. It's hilarious. It's these five guys. And these are high school students. They want to take it to the Maker Fair in 2012. These kids will be the coolest people at Maker Fair. These kids will be the coolest people wherever they <laughs> set foot. I imagine there's going to be a longer lineup for these guys and for people wanting to try out the Viper Sim than, like, anything else at Maker Fair. Yeah. Just because it's awesome. Yeah. And actually, looking at their this looking at their Kickstarter right now, they have 206 backers. They had a $2,500 goal. They've raised 5704 so they yeah. already reached their goal. A lot of people see the potential in it, I see. Oh my god. Pledge $25 or more? It says, get your Viper Pilot's credentials. We'll make you a personalized anodized aluminum 2012 Viker Viper Team dog tag. Oh, you are just almost vibrating to explode, aren't you? <laughs> that would be awesome to have the Battlestar Galactica, my own personal Battlestar Galactica dog tag. I bet you there are a couple of people we know listening to this that just <laughs> suddenly went up an octave. Oh yes, they've got 84 backers at that level. I'd like. I'm assuming a lot of them pledged at that level because they're like, I want the dog tags, no and they also give you DVD access to be behind the scenes footage and photos from the team's build sessions. So they have a website at theviper.org. It's t h e dash v i p e r dot org. Or I'm sure you can find it on Kickstarter by searching Viper or Viper Sim. Probably as one word. I don't think it'd be that hard to find to narrow it down. Speaking of mega cool things to happen... And classic geek TV shows. And classic geek. Leonard Nimoy is going to be the fourth Trek cast member to guest star on The Big Bang Theory. Now, I cannot wait to see this because I want to see Sheldon lose his shit. There's just... I don't, I don't give a damn for the plot or the dialogue. I just want to see Sheldon lose his shit. <laughs> because so far, my favorite episode has been the one, the Christmas or Saturnalia episode, where he gets the, the napkin that Leonard Nimoy has autographed. <laughs> yes. And he, he just about loses it then. So if he's able to be within breathing distance, if, if the character is able to be within breathing distance of Leonard Nimoy, I swear, like, he's going to have just like a big fluorescent yellow exclamation point over his head, a la manga style. And just be hovering there a foot off the ground, totally stark, you know, stick still, and then just totally lose it. And I, and I kind of <laughs> really want to see that. I'm looking at a picture here of the two stars, Leonard and Jim Parsons, who plays Sheldon. And of course, they're both posed doing... Live Long and Prosper symbol. The Vulcan hand, hand sign. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're they're both very well versed in it. I just think um, Leonard has a bit more time to practice and a bit more experience. Yeah, exactly. as we both do it. Yeah, this is like the the this is the geek gang sign. Yeah, pretty much. Getting down with my homies. Your pointy-eared homies. It's um, more than one cannon. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. Pointy-ears. That will definitely be something to look forward to. Another thing that just made, that made me just vibrate with glee and with adorable. Oh my god! Okay, there is on Reddit a user that goes by the name Kelsey Pole. K-E-L-S-E-Y-P-O-L-E. I don't know if you can search Reddit. I found this in an article on, again, io9.com. Friends of hers were building a house and they had some extra space next to their nine-year-old's bedroom. So what they did is they created a playroom with a small door 
leading into the daughter's bedroom. And on the other side of that door, they put a wardrobe that they had cut out a space in the back of the wardrobe, the same size as the door. And the playroom is decorated with a Narnia theme. So she can go through the wardrobe in her bedroom into Narnia. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. There's lots of photos on the io9 article. And the one that just made me, like, lose it was the one where they actually show the wardrobe open with the door into the playroom open. So you can actually see how you would go through the wardrobe, wardrobe. into Narnia. And actually, it looks like there's a, a beautiful, elaborate mural inside the playroom. There's, like, trees that go up the wall and over the ce- the branches go over the ceiling. And, of course, it's all painted in white and, like, winter. And, of course, there's a nice big white rug in the middle of the room. And Aslan painted at one end of the room. Like, oh, my God, I want it! A lot of people do have some cynical comments about this because... Because of the whole pedophile. It's actually in the comments. But the thing is that if, if you take in care to do, to make a, an environment that you know your child likes and it's a loving sort of nurturing environment. Yeah, I'm looking at some of it now. It's like secret windowless playroom. I can't be the only one finding this a little bit creepy. It's like, dude, it's not really themed. Like, okay, maybe it should have a window in it, but like. Or a skylight. Yeah, or that, that would be you cool. Know, depending on the, the location of it, it's like, what? Yeah, it's not always, it's not always possible. Dude, some kids have, like, a basement bedroom, because that's where the space is. It's like, whatevs. They created something wonderful and magical for their kid. Shut up. I am not gonna let these De- Debbie Downers okay. destroy my magic. I would, oh my god, I would totally love to have something like this for, like, my little knitting room slash library slash office or something. A sanctuary. Yes. I would totally do this as a grown-up. I know a lot of grown-ups who would. I'd be like, oh, come into my office with me. It's like, where's the door? Oh, just come through the wardrobe. And I would totally have, like, a light pole yes. fixture just inside. That's cool. I'm sorry. That sounds awesome. And something that I'm very much looking forward to, and that I hope is going to be in Toronto so I can actually see it, or that I can get it online. Morgan Spurlock, who did the documentary Super Size Me. You know, the one about the, the guy who, you know, ate McDonald's for 30 days. Yeah, I heard about um, that. That... That gave me nightmares. And he's also, he's had TV shows, apparently, on, I think it's FX in the States, so I haven't seen it. Again, where people take the 30-day sort of challenges. I know one of them was he and his wife had to, you know, live for 30 days as someone on, who was working minimum wage jobs would do. And so, you know, to see, like, how hard it is to survive on minimum wage, that sort of thing. Right. Um, He did a documentary, I think he filmed it in 2010, it said, about... Comic-Con. And this was actually, I think we might have briefly mentioned it before, because I think it was at the Toronto Film Festival last year. Unfortunately, I did not find out about this until after the Toronto Film Festival. Such is the way Um, things go. But apparently it says it will be released in theaters. Doesn't say... If it's going to be wide release, if it's going to be limited release, doesn't say if it's going to be only in the States, or if it's going to be only in North America. So who knows? Um, I'm expecting I'll have to go to Toronto to see this thing. And it's also going to be available through Video On Demand on April 6th. It's called Comic-Con Episode 4, A Fan's Hope. That's pretty cool. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, apparently it says uh, Heidi McDonald over at The Beat has seen it and gives it a thumbs up. And when I did find out about it, I went looking for reviews and stuff, and it has shown at a couple different, like, film festivals in the States and some of the, a couple of the reviews I saw from Toronto. It looks like, or it sounded like it's really well done. It's definitely not, or it doesn't seem to be. 
derogatory. Hey, hey, look at these weirdos at Comic-Con sort of thing. I think it's, you know, much more fan-friendly by the sound of it. I saw people that I work with that don't believe that this actually goes on. Like, I've actually said the words, you have to believe me, geek is the new sexy. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm walking away now. (laughs) Fine, clueless muggles, go on to your boring everyday lives. I'm, I'm... I just walked, I'm happy with my geekitude. I walked away before I said something that I was going to regret. But yeah, they have a website at comicconmovie.com. And actually, I'm going to open up the website right now because I had actually, they had linked to it in some of the other articles, but there was nothing there. But now, okay, yep, now it looks like they actually have like showtimes, a blog. They have a trailer for it. They have a back behind the scenes for it video on there. Film showtimes, meet the subjects, film synopsis, director's notes. Yeah, it looks like they follow a few different, is that not a fan reaction. I know. A I know. Fan look. They have profiles of some of the. I guess they follow a few people through Comic Con. One of them that I just said that about is a guy named Chuck Rosansky, who it says he's a longtime comic book dealer and Comic Con veteran. He comes to the floor with all his products and is looking for the big sale that just might happen there. The look on his face. He's hugging a comic book and he's got this big grin on his face. He's like, like he looks like he's seven years old. Yeah, which is such a fan thing, you know. All of us look like kids on Christmas. Ooh, someone who's proposing to their girlfriend while at Comic Con. Aww. I love that. Hopefully it goes well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they follow a uh, longtime amateur illustrator, another aspiring illustrator. There's somebody, Holly Conrad, who's an extremely talented and passionate costume and creature designer. It looks like it could be really interesting. Like I said, I'm expecting to have to go to Toronto, but I don't care. Yeah, it says available through your favorite on-demand provider. So I'm assuming that means Netflix. I don't know if it means what else it means. I don't know if it means Hulu. I don't know if it's only going to be on Netflix in the States. For Showtimes, they do have like a few specific cities. It doesn't say anything about, you know, wider release or anything. But for now, it just says Santa Monica, San Francisco, Portland, Washington, New York, Brookline, and Denver. So I'm hoping that it's going to be somehow. If I can't find it, I'm going to, like, I'm hoping it maybe, I I don't know if on demand includes iTunes, but if it doesn't end up being anywhere in Toronto. It exists on the internet. It will be found. Yes. It will be found somewhere. I mean, obviously. hopefully, hopefully, Somewhere legitimately. Yeah. Because I would totally give them my money for this. (laughs) And obviously he's reaching out to a demographic that includes the geeks. Yeah. So if it exists on the internet. My God. Executive producers for this? Gil Champion, Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News? Isn't that it, I think? Stan Lee. Oh, boy. Joss Whedon. My God. (laughs) Got my vote. Oh, this got is going my to be money. Yeah, there's a picture of the executive producers. It's got my money. And once we see it, we will definitely tell you what it's like. Now, moving into craving covet, cravings, covets, and crushes, and something which is just insanely cool. Yeah, we we have a special this week. Yes, special preview. Not available to the general public yet. We were given an advanced copy. This is by. Chuck Wendig of Evil Hat Productions. It is Spirit of the Century presents Dinocalypse Now. <laughs> now everybody here from especially from the last episode knows Karen's dinosaur thing. thing. Yes. I, I think if Snape or Nathan Fillion showed up wearing like dinosaur helmet or something, <laughs> just make her super happy. Anyway, Chuck Wendig by the way, if you are wondering where you know the name from, he has written the role-playing game associated with the Dresden Files, as in of the Harry Dresden Files. 
I'm just trying to connect you with the networking that's been going on to see where you might have heard or have seen some recent work. We got advance copies, PDF copies, and basically this is a novel, which the closest thing we can compare it to steam is to steampunk, but it's not quite. Not, well, it doesn't... Basically, okay... I'll read from, basically there's a Kickstarter campaign involved with this, and I'll read the synopsis yes, of this. Yes, When the Century Club is called in to prevent the assassination of FDR, it's just another day on the job. But what they discover puts not, not just the president, but the entire world in jeopardy. With psychic dinosaurs taking over Manhattan and beyond, it's up to Sally Slick, Jet Black, Max Silver, and the other Centurions to save humanity from extinction. Okay. This does have a steampunk-esque feature going on, as in there are gizmos everywhere. Yeah, it's sort of, well, and it's sort of like steampunk in that it's sent, set in a historical period. Yes. With technology and things which are not native to that period, which are sort of more advanced. Right. Because you've got people flying around with rocket boosters and doing things that, you know, you would normally only see in comic books. And this is set in the 30s. Yeah, 1930s. Yeah. And it does talk about the president, but there are other parts of the book that happen elsewhere. Yeah, elsewhere in the world. Right. Like you were mentioning, there's a talking ape. Oh my god, he's my favorite character. <laughs> Who's a professor at Oxford. Yes. Well, I'd like to see him see him teach evolution. He... he... <laughs> But yes, he, you meet him, and he's actually pausing in the middle of lecturing at a class. And he <laughs> speaks brilliantly, mm -hmm. and has a very good vocabulary, and he actually consults for other people. Mm -hmm. it, it's so cool. Anyways. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much, like, as you're probably, you're probably listening to this, and, like, being like, uh, psychic dinosaurs, jetpacks, talking apes, are you guys kidding me? It's the sort of, but it's the sort of thing that, like, when you sum it up in just tiny little things, one or two of those things would just sound like, uh-huh, yeah, really? Are you kidding me? But, like, you jam them all together, and somehow it becomes this huge thing of awesome. Yes. I'm sorry. Something that has all this kind of stuff in it yeah. has to be awesome on some level. It's like, also, I don't care. Very good female role model right at the beginning of the yes, book. Sally. In a group of steampunk-ish type of centurions. Yes. She is Rosie the Riveter. She's the gadget girl. She's the gadget girl. She is indispensable, and she has a backbone. She's not the damsel in distress. She's kick-ass. She's kick-ass. She has the girl's thumbs up. Yeah. And basically, so this is, Dinocalypse Now is the first novel in a series. Basically, in the Kickstarter, they say, we're looking to build a community around Dinocalypse Now, a frankly fantastic pulp novel from author Chuck Wendig, but it's more than that. We're here to kick off not just a novel, but an entire fiction line, extending this one novel into a trilogy and exploring other worlds beyond. So what they want to do is, they said they've covered the development costs for Dinocalypse Now, and including, you know, the, the writing, the editing, the Cover art and everything like that. And they said if you back the project at any of the levels on Kickstarter, you'll receive an ebook of the 
ebook of the book within a week of the conclusion of the Kickstarter. And then they said if they hit their goal of 5,000, they're going to release the second novel, Beyond Dinocalypse, or they're going to going to greenlight it with writing start to set in September. So once that novel's done, all backers at any of the reward levels will get an ebook of that book, too. Awesome. But they also have other goals because they want to, in case they go over that $5,000 limit, if they raise $7,500, they'll release free to the internet a Spirit of the Century RPG adventure. Wow! Digging into the story of other centurions of the century, your characters, during the events of the first book. If they raise $10,000, they'll re- provide an ebook of the third novel as soon as available to everyone who backs them. If they go beyond $10,000, they'll devise more. More fiction, audiobook ad- adaptations, RPG scenarios, tie-ins with, with other games from Evil Hat are all on the table. And actually, they have gone past $10,000 they have raised $13,700. This is actually really, really good. A lot of people see the potential and the quality that can come out of this. And there's some for, like, different pledge levels. There's some, you know, there's one where you can get a limited edition dust-jacketed hardcover of the first book, as well as, you know, PDF copy of the role-playing game and a few other things. You know, signed copies of the book. Pledge $200 or more. Everything from one of the previous levels, plus a custom distressed canvas shoulder bag sporting the spirit of the century and Dinocalypse logos. Their latest update says, now that they're beyond 10k, they have some new goals to take us to 20k. Check out update 3. 15k, they'll produce a standalone Benjamin Who novel. It says, why Benjamin? He's Sherlock Holmes from Hong Kong running around like Indiana Jones as an Olympic class fencer. What? Excuse me, what? Standalone novel for... One of the characters. Okay. Again. What? It sounds insane, but it also comes together from, like, awesome. I, I compared this, like, earlier when Maggie and I were talking about this, and I was trying to think of a way to, to mention how you can take all these weird things and make them into one big bag of awesome. I, I said it's like the difference between spinach and spinach dip. Yep, that's very true. Just something about the way all of the components are put together, the way that they work and play off of each other, just makes them all glow. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to read a lot of this, but it is like crazy awesome. And we've said there are a couple of scenes in here where you can just see it in your head as if it were on a screen, because you can sort of just see the look in the character's eyes, the snappy comeback that comes back. I could totally see Joss Whedon, like, doing this show. Would that not be super awesome? Joss, you listen to us, right? (laughs) Oh, I can dream. Oh, Joss totally listens to our podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) So yeah, the project will be funded on Sunday, April 22nd at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So you have a little over, well, a little under a month. Yeah, 29 days to go. Yeah, so... Now, obviously, they've already already reached their goal, but as you can see, they have other goals. Just because they've reached their goal does not mean that you just sit back and watch. You can be part of something that's really cool. But yeah, so as we said, I mean, we got a preview copy. So, you know, we want to give you that disclaimer. But, like, I'm sorry. I would not be this squealy if it wasn't actually awesome. I think you guys know us. (laughs) And you being a librarian, and do read quite a lot. Yes. Fiction and of varying kinds. Yeah. You would be particular if it was not up to a standard. Well, okay, to some extent. I do read a lot of romance novels, dude. Okay. Like Harlequin romance novels. But, I mean, I can tell, okay, I can tell, you know, what stuff is, like, serious crap and what stuff is just, like, fun, I don't care. Because, really, there is a point, there is, everyone needs some, like, fun reading. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't care. That's way true. And it is, like, I did enjoy the the writing and the dialogue and everything like that. Hey, is it War and Peace? No. no. Do I want to read War and Peace? No. No. 
Hey, uh, like I said, my favorite my favorite character is the ape. So, anyways, that so, is the Dinocalypse trilogy. Yeah, I'm sure if you search for search Kickstarter for Evil Hat or well Dinocalypse D I N O C A L Y P S E. I'm sure either of those will find it. I'm sure if you Google, I'm sure Evil Hat. Yeah. If you search for Evil Hat on the Kickstarter page, which is www.kickstarter.com, and you search for Evil Hat, it'll bring that right up. And actually, if you're listening to this, like, way down the road, like, well after this is over, you can search for Evil Hat Productions. It's www.evilhat.com. And, of course, at the moment, they're still developing it, so I'm not sure where exactly it'll be on the site, but... I'm sure somewhere on the site it'll have... Yeah. If you go to our games, Spirit of the Century is on there at the moment. Not far under the Dresden Files. <laughs> so yeah, you can find the Spirit of the Century stuff at Evil Hat Productions. If, you know, you're listening to this podcast like six months from now. Well after the Kickstarter is over. Okay. Shall we finish off with the package? Yes. So, we have a little package from a listener. We have not opened it. No, I picked it up at the post office today, and actually, like, there's a paper custom slip, and when the guy, like, knocked on my door, or, you know, Express Post happened, Canada Post put the sticker with the barcode on it right over the spot on the on the, the customs deck. form where it says what it is, um, I could slip the customs form out of its plastic pocket, but I have resisted the temptation to, because I want to see, so we are going to open it. Slit open the box. Drum roll, please. I have my suspicions about what it's going to be. Okay. Give it a little shake before I open up the last thing. Oh my god. Part of it is exactly what I thought it was. Thin Mint Cookies. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's Thin Mint Cookies. And thanks a lot, Crunchy crunchy Fudge Coated Treats from the Girl Scouts. That is awesome. Yeah, so these are from user, I'll say our username, JetGirl1313. And we have cookies and these nifty little wooden dpn protectors yeah i was looking at them for the longest time like what is it? oh Arr? that's what it is oh like yeah. dawn's on marble brow yeah basically it's these little wooden sort of bell shapes on a elastic cord so of course you stretch them put them on the dpns and then and then release release so that it snugs with the dpns oh my god we have thin mints <laughs> i think aaron's gonna be flying home tonight Wee! Thank you so much. Thank for these. you. That's super cool. That is that is really super cool. You mentioned the no- in the note that came along with it that she wasn't sure about the flavor whether we'd like the flavors. Yes. Yeah, mint and chocolate. Yes. yes. Thank you very much. Karen will now have your baby. And in another little thank you, Christine of the Yarnings podcast mentioned us. Thank you very much. Thank you. And actually, she's got a really good post from January twenty third of this year called Podcaster Love Fest. She said on January 9th, 2012, she tweeted, I declare today hashtag Podcaster Love Fest Day and asked people to tweet their favorites. And so she posted, she made up a post of all the tweets that she got. And so there is a huge list of podcasts in there if anyone is looking for more podcasts. Wait, cool. Especially ones that are currently active. Yeah. So you can go there and find, obviously, her episodes. Yes. Her her website is Yarnings Podcast, Y-A-R-N-I-N-G-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. And like I said, that was a post on January 23rd of this year. I'm going to have to check some of these out. Okay. But yes, thank you for the mention. And guys, like, if you have a podcast and you mention us, please let us know so we can thank you and, you know, pimp- And return the favor. Pimp you in return. Yes. And now... I think there will be cookies. I think it's time for cookies. I think it's cookie time. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. Have a good week, guys.
Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2.mt-p-o-c-k-e-t-s.org. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit1geek2. Have a good week, everybody. Just take an Instagram picture of both of us doing podcasting. Maybe next week when, you know, I actually, like, have something other than what could pass for pajamas on. <laughs> you always wear pajamas, though. Thank you for telling everybody that. <laughs> Hey, I would too if I didn't have to get on the bus and come here. Okay, fine. This is why we don't video podcast, folks.